Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're a bud. Welcome to Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. My name is Gail Rago, in for Julie Simond. In today's episode, we'll delve into the second part of Vox Europe's investigation on how the European car industry lobbied EU institutions to weaken Euro 7, the next European emission standard. You'll hear from Stefano Valentino, who is the lead journalist behind the investigation, in a moment. We recommend you listen to the first part of this podcast, as it is crucial to understanding what happens further along in our story. Picking up where we left at the end of last episode, it's now time to introduce you to a new character, Thierry Breton, a key figure within the EU's institutions. So who is Thierry Breton? Thierry Breton is a French business executive, politician, writer and the current commissioner for internal market of the European Union. Importantly, Breton was a former lobbyist himself earlier in his career. Now why is Breton important in this story? Because it is to him that the automotive industry referred to in its renewed lobbying push in 2021. Just to refresh your memory, in 2020, Clove issued its final recommendations for the new Euro 7 standard. This sparked a forceful lobbying activity by the automotive industry, which targeted high-ranking members of the European institutions. In turn, this pushed Clove to propose less stringent measures for the Euro 7 standard in the early months of 2021. At that point in time, the European Commission was supposed to draw up its proposal on the Euro 7 standard. So in uh, April 2021, the consultants of Clove already self-weakened their recommendation, but for the industry it was not enough. They decided to turn to Thierry Breton, a former French minister who actually was himself former lobbyist and now is the commissioner for a single market of the European Commission. They had a meeting with Thierry Breton in April-May. What was the meeting between Thierry Breton and the automotive industry represented 
by the European Association of Car Manufacturers, or ASEA, all about. Thierry Breton, during that meeting, encouraged ASEA, the industry, to present its recommendation for the Euro 7 so the Commission could actually take into account their request. Well, as it turns out, ASEA still wasn't satisfied with the lower pollutant limits suggested by Clove. So it pushed for a further decrease. The ASEA, the industry, wanted to rise the emission limits from the 30 microgram per kilometer proposed by the consultant to 60, both for diesel car and for petrol, saying that the emission limits should be not as ambitious as those already weakened proposed by the consultants. But crucially, ASEA didn't stop there. Only a month after its meeting with Commissioner Breton, in June 2021, ASEA sent a letter to Kirsten Iorna, the Director General for Internal Market Policies at the Commission, DG Grow. In that communication, ASEA asked that the test conditions of Euro 7 would remain mostly the same as for Euro 6, and that the NOx levels should only be lowered slightly. All of this would be justified on the basis of the fact that the car industry should rather focus its efforts on cars' electrification to meet CO2's target levels. Let's pause for a second. You might wonder what this point on cars' electrification is all about. More precisely, what does it have to do with Euro 7, right? Well, we'll come to that in a moment, as it plays a pivotal role in the lobbying strategy of ASEA, but for now, back to the email exchanges between ASEA and Yorna. In fact, in the face of the emails, Yorna replied saying that ASEA's proposal would be taken into account. So much so that in July 2021, the Commission's Regulatory Scrutiny Board rejected the impact assessment which followed Clove's suggestions for Euro 7. Why? The main point for the refusal was the lack of cost analysis for car makers and the air quality benefits to be expected with electrification, as stressed by ASEA. So, as mentioned, all of these meetings and email correspondence on Euro 7 happened as another issue strictly tied to car pollutants, was being discussed by the EU's governing bodies, the aforementioned reduction of carbon emissions, which also went by, in a journalistic jargon at least, as decision 2035. What happened is that the file on Euro 7, since uh, the summer 2021, where this exchange of emails between Kerstin Jorna and ASEA happened, overlapped with another very important file covering cars, which is the carbon emissions reduction target. So in July 2021, a few weeks after the exchange between Kerstin Jorna and ASEA on Euro 7, the European Commission proposed a new piece of legislation requiring car manufacturers to commit to gradually decrease the carbon released from their cars up to zero emissions by 2035, which actually would set the final date for the switch from combustion engine to zero emissions cars so what's the thing here? Well, throughout the exchanges on Euro 7 standards with high-ranking EU officials, ASEAN maintained that a stricter Euro 7 standard would be too financially straining for the industry, 
meaning it would have been financially straining for them to be able to contemporarily also meet the electrification deadline of 2035. They were saying, if you're really going to propose every stringent Euro 7, it's going to cost us so much money to incorporate new technology in our cars to reduce tailpipes emissions that we will not have enough money to speed up the electrification, so a transition to zero-emission cars. But there is also another way to frame this reasoning. Again, Stefano Valentino speaking. Basically, they want to sell as many combustion engine vehicles they can to make profits with already existing technology, only in the very end, when they will be close to deadline, 2030-2035, they are going to move fast forward with electrification. And we know that because the carbon emission reduction regulation requires car makers to meet intermediary targets, reducing carbon emissions by only 10 or 15 percent by 2026 or 7, and then another 50 percent by 2030. So car makers, they have no urge, they are not in a rush to produce zero emissions cars. Frame it as you want. But the lobbying strategy of ASEA paid out quite well. In fact, notwithstanding that eventually in January 2022, the Commission's Regulatory Scrutiny Board gave its green light to the updated Euro 7 impact assessment, everything was stalled again. Meaning, the EU Commission could have made a concrete proposal as soon as the beginning of 2022, but it did not. In fact, it decided to rather wait for a decision by the Parliament and the Council on the car's carbon emissions reduction. In June 1, 2022, there was a final and quite decisive meeting between Kerstin Jorna, representing Thierry Breton, and the industry at the headquarters of ASEA. During a lunch meeting which was not disclosed, in the public registry of the meetings of Kerstin Jorna and disclosure of any meeting between a director general of the commission and lobby groups is a requirement according to the legislation of EU transparency, which is intended to protect public interest from undue and hidden influence of industry interest. Kerstin Jorna out loud promised the industry that the Euro 7 proposal by the commission would be feasible According to Vox Europe, it is almost as if this very meeting sealed an unspoken deal between the car industry and the Commission. One whereby the car industry would not interfere in the legislation on carbon emissions reduction in exchange for a very light Euro 7 standard. In fact, at the end of June 2022, the EU Council easily adopted the new CO2 targets. And a few months later, in October 2022, it also reached an agreement on the targets with the European Parliament. As per magic, at that point also the Euro 7 dossier moved on. In November 2022, the European Commission proposal was formalised. And at this stage, it should come as no surprise that the latter was aligned with ASEA's requests. That is, in essence imposing a limit to nitric oxide at only 60 micrograms per kilometer. (music) 
Now, since the EU Commission issued its proposal, another year went by before the final Euro 7 standard would eventually reach the EU Parliament. That is, on the 9th of November 2023. You might well recall that that is the date when this two-episode series started from. However, it should be noticed that during 2023, the EC proposal was actually further lowered down. It's a story within the story we can't tackle right now. But according to Vox Europe, a senior source inside DG Grow agreed that the behind-the-scenes deal between ASEA and the Commission laid down the ground for the further watering down of the bill by the 27 member states at the Council. As a matter of fact, legislative proposals by the Commission have to be approved by national governments as well. And a weak initial proposal leaves less room for negotiations. Anyhow, as we were saying, the European Parliament approved the proposal by the European Commission in November 2023. This has now paved the way for the beginning of the negotiations with the European governments. As we have learned, the impact of the Euro 7 standard currently being discussed on contaminants emissions has been greatly reduced since its first draft. Some NGOs have even gone as far as to call it a greenwashed Euro 6. The text will never be a Euro 7 as it was proposed by the Commission, but it will be something between Euro 6 and Euro 7, and not ambitious enough, basically, to help member states to meet, uh, as I said, the more stringent, rigorous air quality standards, which will uh, come into effect before 2035-2024. So again, we will have cars which, despite being labeled as Euro 7, will keep polluting almost as Euro 6 cars has, have been doing since the dieselgate happened. According to figures provided by policy advisors to the European Commission, the health and environmental damages could add up to billions of euros. Citizens are going to pay up to 100 billion damages for uh, health and environmental costs, which could have been avoided had a more ambitious Euro 7 being adopted by the Parliament and the Council. We've reached the end of this week's episode of Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. This is the second part of a two-episode series dedicated to an investigation run by Vox Europe and published by a network of European media such as The Guardian, Il Fatto Quotidiano, Liberation, Der Spiegel and others. Europe Talks Back podcast is part of the Sfera Network project and is available on Europod, a network of podcasts exploring European cultures, politics and societies. The script of this podcast was written by Daniel Rutza and edited by Alexander Damiano Ricci. Special thanks to Stefano Valentino. Sound design, editing and mixing is by Jeremy Bouquet. The narration is by me, Gail Rago. Our producer and executive producer is Alexander Damiano Ricci.